Look at an Argentinian team photo from the 1990 World Cup. You'll see two rows of baggy shirts, short shorts, identical black boots and 11 locks of thick, luscious long hair. The 80s and early 90s was a different time. Follicle fashion dictated if you've got it, flaunt it. And the footballing elite sure did. Wooter, Worthington, Waddle, to name a few. Time passed. Luscious locks were replaced by short back and sides, and the more bohemian barnet and beard became the outlier. But that didn't phase these 11. Inspired by heroes Higita and Hullet, these nostalgic footballers from more recent times trod their own path, the path more hairy. Arthur introducing the extremely hairy 11. Welcome to the show. Yes, this is one of the more random topics that we've discussed, I think, on an 11 so far. Um, Hair. I mean, it just forms such an integral part of football. Uh, You've got the iconic blonde mop of uh, Romania 1998. But we're looking for a lot of hair, be it facial hair, locks, beards, moustaches, anything you want. Uh, And we're employing a 442 today. A lot of very interesting names to talk about. When you were talking about hairy body parts there, Arthur, I'm really glad you said anywhere you want after beards, moustache and, and head. Because um, Well, to be honest, um, the rest of the body, I'm thinking, you know, Ryan Giggs is incredibly hairy torso. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's another one. I don't think many footballers share their, um, their sort no. of under the shirt, uh, but Ryan did. So thanks for that, Ryan. There are a few names that you know, really iconic well, hair merchants. I don't really know what you say. You um, you know, players like Alexi Lalas, the yes. US. Yeah. But I think we've made a bit of a rod for our own back in this podcast going on for so long in that we've chosen quite a lot of great hair people. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are victims of our own. I'm not even going to say success. Our our own existence. <laughs> existence. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur, in goal for the extremely hairy 11, let's talk about Seaman. David Seaman, one of the most iconic hairstyles of all time, worn by a six foot four behemoth of a goalkeeper. It, it really was a kind of 90s adult porn star ponytail look paired with a bushy moustache. Um, and really, I think Seaman's whole career can be divided in two pre-porn star ponytail and post-porn star ponytail or PPP for both. Before the ponytail, Seaman is one of the greatest goalkeepers on the planet. He made a name for himself as a youngster at Peterborough United before spells at Birmingham and QPR only enhanced his reputation. A tall and well-rounded keeper with a large frame, he was known for his bravery, quick reflexes, agility and excellent positional sense. Um, as well as his reliable handling and ability to judge the ball, which allowed him to come out and collect crosses and command his area effectively, earning him the nickname Safe Hands. Do you remember that nickname? I do remember that nickname. Um, It must be said that Seaman was still incredibly hairy by the time he joined Arsenal, rocking a thick masculine bob and moustache combo, um, but less hairy. And as an understated, reliable stopper, Seaman would win two league titles amongst other cup triumphs with the Gunners and a whole load of England caps. 
But let's cut to 2001 and Seaman returns to action with a majestic dangling tail to his barnet, a deceptively feminine accessory. Uh, Despite making a save in the FA Cup from Paul Pesca Salido, uh, Seaman stained his reputation post-ponytail. Injuries blighted his remaining time at Arsenal and a handful of uncharacteristic decisions crept into his game. Most notably that Ronaldinho lob um, from 40 yards, which knocked us out the World Cup, of course. He joined up with Kevin Keegan at Man City in the summer of 2003, but in a year riddled with injuries again and just 19 underwhelming performances, Seaman conceded that his career had come to an end. So, I guess my question for you and the listeners is, did the ponytail and his extreme hairiness post-2001 play a part in turning safe hands into butterfingers or was this just a coincidence? I think on this episode, we're going to be looking for a lot of correlation between hair and form. And I think probably you're clutching at straws there because the the vast majority of his Arsenal career, um, you know, I, I I think... Sorry, so you're saying, sorry, from 2001, he had the ponytail? Yeah. Oh, actually. The vast majority of his Arsenal career, he didn't have a ponytail. But then that iconic save against Sheffield United, he did. So maybe it gave him the superpower he needed. That's the only real moment, though. The rest is pretty dire once he had the ponytail. And I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm joking to some extent about this, but I am actually backed up by Brian Clough, who said in the media, Seaman is a handsome young man, but he spends too much time looking in the mirror rather than at the ball. You can't keep goal with hair like that. Well, I mean, there we go. The man said it. He did. I I, I, I struggle to imagine David Seaman in any kit other than Arsenal, I have to say. I, I, I had no idea he played so much for QPR, to be honest. Quality goalkeeper, known really for his 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 booming laugh these days, really, isn't he? Features a lot on football cliches, that laugh. I actually um, went to the London Football Awards the other day and and David was there, as was pretty much all of the Arsenal squad. They've had such a good season. And um, yeah, just heard his booming laugh all around the the room. You know, he's uh, he's a bundle of laughs. Who's at left back, Arthur? It's Benoit Asuokoto. It's been a while. I I thought he might have made it into an 11 earlier than this, you know. Yeah, I was actually a bit baffled that he hadn't. I think probably the Intertoto Cup eleven would have been quite quite good for him because Did he play in it all, that? yeah, it all began pretty well for him at, at Lens, oh. uh, where he won the two thousand and five Intertoto Cup. He was one of the brightest prospects in French football at the time. was was linked pretty heavily with um, the top sides in France. He was, for your information, actually ousted from the Intertoto Cup 11 by Alan Russ at left back. So, um, oh. yeah, I mean, obviously some pretty pretty stellar opposition there. Yeah, didn't he um, play for Gillingham Town? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just a great player. He was eventually poached by Spurs under Martin Yole for just under three and a half million pounds. Um, after initially outbattling Lee Yong-pyo for the left back slot, uh, injuries aside, he became a pretty ever ever present um, force on the left hand side under Harry Redknapp. Um, so much so that Harry took him on loan to QPR for a promotion campaign from the Championship um, when opportunities began to dry up at Spurs. But I think he was in general a pretty good player at Spurs from from what I remember. He's known mostly for for two things. The first of those things is his hair, an array of wonderful styles. 
Uh, he rocked an afro with bandana. One article I read online described it as a vast windswept afro shrub. Which, <laughs> which I think probably fair. Um, oh. It was pretty, um, pretty wild. Uh, he he had braids, cornrows. Um, he had a man bun at one stage. Someone actually um, online uh, is is spreading vicious rumors that at one stage he had he went full skinhead. I can't corroborate the fact that he did go skinhead, but um, I think essential reading is something I found reference to online, which really unfortunately the domain only one hotspur. Um, has been claimed since by BSL Australia, which is a prime quality scaffolding supplier. Um, but they have really done a service for the community in in coming up with a chart of Tottenham Hotspur's results relative to the hairstyle of Benoit Asuakoto. <laughs> the, the awful thing is that they, basically, I found reference to this really important research on um, someone else's blog and they've included a screenshot that doesn't really include the full scope of the results and so I'm pleading with one Tottenham Hotspur to to sort of re-release this research because you know I want to I want to find sort of evidence as to you know the correlation with his the team's form whether he dropped off a cliff whether you know what was the best form um, for, for Benoit's hair one Tottenham Hotspur please do get in touch I mean it's just I've never been tantalized so much with 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 a, a nugget of information and then had it ripped away by BSL scaffolding Australia. Unbelievable. I mean, Benoit's afro really was something to behold, um, an extremely hairy man. I'm absolutely amazed to learn that apparently his bushy hairstyle once prevented him from having a transfer to, to a Serie A club. Did you see about that? I did, yeah. There's a quote from him. He says, I spoke with an Italian club, a stupid Italian club. They said, we like you, but it's difficult for us to explain to the fans that we're signing a player with your hair. So Unbelievable. Really bizarre. I don't know whether there's some sort of subtle racism there, frankly, because the Italians, it's pretty endemic in Italian football. So hopefully there isn't. But um, yeah, it did prevent him from from moving there. But fortunately, we got to see him for longer in the Premier League. So that's all good. Um, the, the second thing he's known for is his ambivalence towards football. Uh, now, this is pretty well document- documented. Um, there's actually a, a detailed section of his Wikipedia page dedicated to his frankness, wow. which, which I think is is glorious. The idea, uh, basically, he just described football as just a job, a means to an end, commenting that his primary pleasure from it was the wage collected rather than the game itself. And I think that's pretty fair, to be honest. I don't think you have to have to suggest that every footballer would absolutely live and breathe the game. Peter Crouch had a few recollections about the big man. He said he could name four or five players who were household names from the Premier League. But other than that, he didn't have a clue who was who. Benoit did things differently from the rest of us. For instance, he would turn up for pre-match meals with a hot chocolate and a croissant while we ordered to load up on pasta and eggs. <laughs> he just just redefined the game, uh, which I which I love. And 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 this frankness, you know, the it's just a job. I think it's quite refreshing, actually, to be honest. There we go. What a left back. Extremely hairy Benoit Asso Akoto. 
and we move to centre back and it is up for grabs. So we've had a nomination in from a sporting personality on social media. Can't wait to hear from them. That will come up at the end of the show. Um, You'll find out a little bit more about who the centre back is. Uh, But of course, there are two. And alongside him, Arthur, it's your pick again. It's Trifon Ivanov. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Any ideas? Um, Look, I know the name, but and and I know what he looks like because I've seen the picture online, but I never saw him play. Good. Neither did I, to be honest. Um, He arrived on the world stage at the 1994 World Cup in USA. It's something I made reference to on our World Cup headliners episode. Um, when Bulgaria sensationally reached the semi-finals, um, an unbelievable turn up for such a small footballing nation. Um, Trifon was big, broadly built, uh, sporting long hair with a huge beard and was nicknamed The Wolf, uh, which I think is is probably a nickname that should adorn quite a few of the members of this 11. Extreme. He had 77 caps for Bulgaria was a versatile centre-back, capable of ferocious free kicks and long-range purlers. Um, His superb volley against Wales in 1996 was perhaps the best of them all. He just meets it outside the box and delivers an absolute howitzer into the top corner. Those kind of statements about the player are quite Koeman-esque, and perhaps he was sort of Bulgaria's answer to Ronald Koeman. And his hair was a rough mane, uh, caveman-like, almost as if he's from the Stone Age. Um, <laughs> it's essentially a mullet. Uh, and he also sported a beard. And actually, there's a great photo of him with a Fowler-esque nose plaster, which I think is quite um, is quite sort of sort of fitting his character. Really, he looked fearsome uh, and just very, very hairy. And um, there's a great photo that I found of him online, which is him dressed as a medieval king in bulgaria can't really explain why he's he's there but um yeah there he is with a sort of helmet and a large chain and a and a cape any ideas have you can see that one uh i haven't seen that i'm very intrigued i might look it up while you're talking i think we've got to we've got to tweet that really but he was a cska sophia legend he had four spells with them winning three league titles uh, there's an immense rivalry between Levski Sofia and CSKA Sofia, meaning that the fans dislike each other. Uh, they dislike players who played for the other one, even when they're playing for the international side. Um, it wasn't the case, however, with Trifon, who was just loved by all Bulgaria fans. He's a real, real legend. He went on to have spells at Real Betis, as well as in Switzerland and Austria. And he had a great friendship with um, Risto Stoichkov, Ahead of Ivanov's first game at the Camp Nou in February 1991, Stoichkov visited Trifon at the hotel. He predicted, we will score four goals against you, to which Ivanov responded, I'm not sure about that, but I will score twice myself. Um, Stoichkov laughed at the bizarre claim and agreed to buy the defender a bottle of whiskey and let him drive his new BMW if it happened. And actually, Barcelona ended up winning 4-2 with with uh, Ivanov scoring both of Betis's goals. So they both predicted correctly. And uh, rumour has it Ivanov enjoyed driving Stoichkov's car very much, which was good. There's also another story when um, apparently while he was still an active player, uh, Ivanov bought a tank. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, fair enough. He he purchased it directly from the army uh, without ammunition, and apparently he drove it in the meadows of the countryside near his house in his spare time. But sadly, he he died of a heart attack overnight in Bulgaria in 2016, um, still only at the age of 50. So yeah, rest in peace, Trefon Ivanov. He's an immensely interesting character to read about, real character of the game. Uh, there was an opportunity to potentially sign for Barcelona at one stage in his career, but um, Betis wouldn't let him go. Um, but he's a he's a player who I think was probably better than he is remembered, um, simply because he plays for a pretty small footballing nation. But yeah, a, a very, very hairy man. Great. Love Trifon in there. I mean, he was actually Bulgarian Footballer of the Year back in 1996. Several ex-Premier League players on that list more recently. Stylian Petrov, Dimitar Berbatov, Martin Petrov. Um, so a proud nation, but but great to hear about a player that perhaps went under the radar that had one of the fluffiest mullets I've ever seen. He did. Berbatov must have absolutely cleaned up on that that list of uh, award winners, surely. he's won, It looks like he's won eight something like that oh, yeah well played him a lot, him. A lot. who's that. on the right then on the right someone that i think you'll know quite well arthur um but others might find obscure and i know in a previous episode you said you would be embarrassed not to know any swedish internationals that had made a number of caps so i hope you know this man it's alexander ostland yes an absolute legend uh, we used to call him jesus Fantastic. I, I read that you, you used to sing Jesus is our right back. <laughs> he was he was quite a weird player because he wasn't particularly good, but just because he <laughs> looked so excellent with those um those long locks, we just enjoyed his presence on the right, I think. I mean, to give you an idea, um this this man with potentially more hair than talent. Um, he, he looked very much like Jesus. He had uh, oh, the idea of Jesus we're given. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. a> fu- <laughs> I haven't met Jesus. Um, <laughs> he had a full moustache and a beard and a straggly mass of long, dark hair. Uh, he was an, as unkempt a footballer as they come. He played 44 championship games for Southampton between 2005 and 2008, including a playoff campaign, a mid-table finish and a toil with relegation. And also this is another footballer that looks permanently miserable, ever so slightly terrifying, a kind of Philippe Senderos style frown on his face at all times. Um, but he wasn't always hairy, Arthur. Uh, a bit of a statement, the obvious that. Um, but pre-Southampton and pre-Long Locks, he was uh, only a modestly hairy international footballer. He played 22 times in all for Sweden, playing at Euro 2004. Uh, and he proved a popular figure at right back for Norrköping and Hammerby. He was applauded for his wholehearted performances, crunching tackles and marauding runs. Uh, And he also enjoyed some success with Feyenoord, with whom he played alongside Dirk Kaut, Hossam Ghali and Salomon Kalou, helping them to qualify for the UEFA Cup. But his relationship with the fans at Feyenoord soon turned sour as he put in a series of erratic and uncontrolled displays in Rotterdam. After retirement... Oslin changed his name to Alexander Mezan. Uh, I can't find any evidence as to why. It might be a religious thing. Let us know if, if, if you do find that out. Um, and he actually became, believe it or not, Arthur, even more hairy. 
Um, I don't know whether you've seen some more recent pictures of him. No. So he got into modelling. I, I can't even begin to explain how much hair this man has on his head. Um, his flowing locks are longer than ever. Um, his beard even more bushy. I'd say he's now actually too hairy to be Jesus. That's how hairy he is. I, I, I couldn't make that comparison anymore. Um, and his body has become a canvas for some outlandish tattoos. Yeah, he said of his tattoos, they all tell their own story. I designed them myself. I have a tattoo of an old wise man with a beard writing by candlelight. That's what I want to be after a good life. A man enjoying his old age and writing his memoirs. And one thing's for sure, Arthur, they will certainly be about how hairy he was. What a scramble. Pesky Solido, and it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. Don't think that's it. Now, if you're a big fan of the podcast, firstly, a big thank you. Uh, Secondly, you may have listened to our Super Subs episode. Um, For the entertainment on this podcast, Arthur and I developed our own version of Subway. Uh, It was called Super Subs. We sold a range of footballer-based sandwiches, uh, a number of nostalgic football touches around the restaurant. And um, generally, I think we came away from that, Arthur, thinking that it was a business that should be set up. Absolutely. It's um, not only should be set up, it's been set up and it's thriving. We're um, we're making right. uh, direct contact with a lot of former footballers. Um, interest is booming. And so um, we, we thought that it would be a good idea to potentially create an offshoot of super subs that can expand our business empire. So for the Extremely Hairy Elevens Entertainment, we present you with the Elevens new barber shop. Um, yes yeah that's what we're doing I can't wait Um, to find out how this goes Arthur very true I I think there's going to be a lot of interest it's been very well publicised that footballers absolutely love getting their hair cut Um, they love creating new styles uh, and we're hoping the fans will want to follow suit uh, with a few themed haircuts that we're going to be having on offer Now, uh, we haven't rehearsed this, so frankly, anything could happen in the next 10 minutes. However, we do know uh, that we both managed to come up with the same name for our barbershop. So, uh, Arthur, do you want want to reveal what it's called? Yeah, we we wanted to to use the the current Reading player, uh, a series of loans most recently, the current season, uh, and former Asante Kotoku player, uh, and Chelsea alum Barbara Raman. So we we are uh, <laughs> we are creating Barbara Raman. Um, yes, where great. actually, to be honest, we could offer we could offer some ramen dishes at the same time. That would be absolutely yeah. Ingenious. I like that. I like that. I like. I think it ups the game of a barber if they serve food and drink. That would usually, be really good. Usually, every now and then, there's a beer or water available, but the food will just take it to a completely uh, other level. Um, yeah. Another one I liked was potentially Kuma Barbacar. Yeah, I like that. I had hair Mertazaka as well as a potential option, but I I, I think Barber Ramen uh, feels feels right for this store. Yeah, and 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 I like to suggest um, one of our haircuts on offer, the R nine, uh, which is um, we all remember the iconic Brazilian strikers partly shaved. Oh head. yeah, the sort of try the sort of set square look. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Actually, a set square is a perfect description of what it was adorning his head. I'd say sort of half moony um, yeah. kind of style. And our barber would propose essentially shaving your head and leaving a random shape <laughs> somewhere on your head. Each one would be unique. Yeah. Uh, you never quite know what you're going to get. You could cool. get a star at the back of your head. You could get a sort of circle uh, yeah. on the left. Who who knows? Who knows? But it would be that kind of you never know kind of style. So we'd, we'd be constantly surprising. I like this a lot. I think there are too many hairdressers and barbers on the high street that are kind of named after the owner. They're called like Moe's or Paul's. Uh, I mean, who even are Tony and Guy? And so I think it, there's an opportunity here for us to kind of lean into nostalgic football, have kind of pictures of footballers around the barbershop walls. And um, the razors could all be called Ruddock, something like that, just to kind of bring this experience alive. All the razors called Ruddock. Yeah. Um, I also thought another haircut that we could offer maybe the T.A.V. Bafuma, which is a kind of fluffy Mohican. Um, after the sort of West Brom flair player who I think sported a mohawk at Granada um, that was a kind of weird consistency, sort of not spiky, but almost gravity defyingly tall and fluffy. Um, that could be something we offer. Also the guile givet, um, maybe a haircut that kind of looks like it actually hasn't happened. It almost looks scruffier than when you walked in. Um, a sort of 50-50 split between head hair and beard hair um, in a kind of Gallic lumberjack look. Yeah, I think we'd be keen as well to bring uh, colour and um, an expression to our barber. Uh, yeah. Gibral Cisse, of course, known for his yeah. Mohican that was just, you know, any colour he wanted you know, Taribo West with his with his green in his hair. Um, I think also um, Adam Clayton, if you yeah, remember. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a still town centre midfielder now playing for Bradford City. He famously had a blue and white, very big beard uh, in, in a few of his Huddersfield town games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're not afraid to to offer some serious kind of opportunity for you to really express yourself as a football fan. Uh, or maybe even for for a dare on a stag do, you have to get some facial hair the colour of your rival team. You know, yeah. something really, okay. really rebellious here at here at uh, Barber Ramen. Special offers for that. I, I just love this concept of, of guys kind of walking into the barbers and um, sharing, you know, on their smartphone, maybe with the barber, a picture of, a, of an obscure nostalgic footballer and sort of kind of going, I'd like that style, please. Maybe it's like Massimo Taibbi. And they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go for this, please. I just like, I'd like it to look like my hair has kind of fallen from space. Um, I think it's, I think it's important we don't, um, we don't hamstring ourselves in, in, uh, in cornering only one part of the market as well. So this, yeah. this color in the hair can extend to, uh, to, to women who want to come into our, uh, our sure. barbershop, get, sure. get a Megan Rapinoe. We're happy to, uh, to really work with, um, with that, with any client, you know, we're not going to turn away business. Yes, that's important to note. Thank you, Arthur. Uh, I think there's other accessories we could bring in, kind of bibs in the style of retro football shirts, maybe kind of England Grey 96 or Nigeria 2018. Um, and also, why do barbers always wear black, Arthur? I've never quite understood this. Uh, I guess if they if there is a good reason, maybe barbers could let us know. Maybe they could be in referees' kits um otherwise i don't know i was thinking maybe like you know the jackets that they wear when they come out for international matches when they sing the national anthem they could kind of wear those sort of bomber jacket styles 
Mm. And, and and you know the awkward point where um in, in a barber you're you're shown the back of your head and you yeah. have to just nod in acceptance of yeah what you, despite the fact it. that you there's really nothing you can do at that point exactly. no. at that point you're, you're you're you know you've signed your own um own death warrant yeah. so um I, I like to think that rather than just using a mirror and showing the back of the head we we direct our clients into the var booth where they yes. were Yes. Uh, yeah. review um in slow-mo what's uh yeah what the has done to their head yeah um, yeah yeah i like and that they- a hell of a lot i think that's really clever i was also thinking maybe you know traditionally you book a barber a single appointment but maybe to sort of mirror the whole five aside cage booking experience you you have to sort of turn up in fives and do a whip round to get the money um so everyone's always out of pocket you know just to kind of create that vibe around the place and and i also thought we could have guest stylists so imagine sort of having your hair cut by danny kadamatari or kazuyuki toda um or even actually former aberdeen and middlesbrough player lee miller who is now a barber oh fantastic um, so he could be a regular maybe in store yeah, we could get in touch with Lee. He could be our um our, our sort of initial flagship appointment to yeah. uh, to really get the wheels moving on this venture. I think there's a lot of lot of potential here. Yeah, I do too. Um, I I mean, I don't know whether we've just spoken for ten minutes into a vacuum and no one else is excited, but we're excited. So please do let us know at eleven pod. It's the word, not the number. Um, would you? Get your hair cut at Barber Ramen if it were to open. Arthur, we need an extremely hairy left-sided midfielder, please. Um, this was the first name that sprung to mind as soon as you suggested the extremely hairy 11. Okay. Um, I just couldn't get Jonas Gutierrez out of my mind. Oh, yes. Luscious long locks down the left. Absolutely. He was signed in 2009 from Mallorca. The rangy winger became a true Newcastle cult hero. He was frustrating and brilliant in equal measure over his seven seasons and 205 appearances up north. Um, Certainly a versatile, hardworking player who never stopped running and always tracked back to help his defence. On the other hand, there are those who see him as a player who sort of ran around in circles, never really getting anywhere. And he didn't have many goals or assists to speak of. The The lack of goals was actually quite frustrating as a fan because he acquired the nickname Spider-Man for his goal celebration of putting on a mask of the superhero, it's sort of similar to Aubameyang um, did as well. Um, and who was the, was it um, the Fulham striker? What was his name? Facundo Sava. Sava, of course. What was his mask? His mask was almost like more of a sort of Zorro style kind nice. of eye mask. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, whilst he had an inconsistent output at Newcastle, he did win 22 caps for Argentina um, that included the 2010 World Cup. And incredibly, he was considered a key part of the national side by coach Diego Maradona, who stated uh, that his team was Mascherano, Messi, Jonas and eight more. I mean, I always remembered him as a like a decent player, but nothing's really particularly special. Um, and there he was being key for one of the best sides in the world. As you said, he had long flowing locks. He inspired 
uh, Andy Carroll, actually, to grow his hair out long. Oh, wow. He said, I hear Kevin Nolan has told him to get his hair cut, but I say, no, Andy, keep it long. When I came <laughs> here, he had really short hair. Then he saw me and wanted to look as good as me. Now he has great hair, nice and long, and he looks as good as me. It's better for a footballer to have long hair. Now he looks a bit South American. No, he should never get it cut. I know the story of Samson and look at what happened to him when he cut his hair. He lost all his strength. I never cut my hair just in case. The same with Andy. But I wear a headscarf to keep the hair out of my mouth. (laughs) 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 Out of his eyes, of course. But um, also probably mouth. I mean, it's probably not very convenient when you're running and suddenly you get a lock of your own hair in your mouth. Not, Not ideal, really. I also think Jonas Gutierrez might have been a shout for our did he play there 11, Arthur? Um, Where did he play? He he went on loan to Norwich City in 2014. What? Do you remember that? I, I've researched this player and I didn't even know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that at all. I just cannot imagine him wearing yellow. I no. No. I Jonas in yellow doesn't seem right whatsoever. Um, Very weird. Yeah. Of course, Gutierrez was well known for his battle with testicular cancer, having missed 17 months of action in total after getting and beating the disease twice. Uh, The crowning moment uh, of this um, story was his goal on the final day of the 2014-15 season against West Ham uh, to keep Newcastle in the Premier League. It was such an emotional moment because he he'd had that huge battle um and frankly was was playing his final game for Newcastle uh, he'd been advised that he was going to be released um and it triggered this absolutely beautiful bit of commentary from Rob Hawthorne I just love that um, commentary. Commentary is one of those things that you can completely fluff your lines um, and ruin a moment for everyone who's looking back on it. And that will just probably warm the cockles of Newcastle fans' hearts when they know that, obviously, in his first season at Newcastle, they got relegated. He helped them get promoted back to the Premier League. And then even when he was told he was being let go, he still managed to deliver on the biggest stage at the end. And um, he's a player who, as I say, wasn't particularly brilliant, but is certainly a cult hero at Newcastle for that moment and, and the journey that he had. Um, and of course, he's a he's a very hairy man. An inspiration, Jonas Gutierrez. Um, he does look really weird in a Norwich shirt. I can confirm that. <laughs> Alongside him, another extremely hairy gentleman, it's Jose Cañas. Jose Cañas. Was he was he Swansea? Yes, that is spot on, Arthur. Um, I mean, what is there to say about Jose Cañas that hasn't already been said? A swashbuckling, deep-lying midfielder who enjoyed a brief spell at the Swans... He played 35 games for the Swans, no goals to his name, and he represented them in their Europa League adventure. 
having joined a Laudrup outfit with strong Spanish influence in the squad, the likes of Jordi Amat, Alejandro Pozuelo and Alvaro Vazquez. It was thought he would settle, but he left after just a year, um, part of a Spanish exodus once Gary Monk had taken charge. In many ways, Canyas is a case of reverse semen, and bear with me here. He's become progressively less hairy as his career has ticked on. He came through the Betis youth system, and photos of his time at Betis suggest this is when he was at his most hairy. Um, In a similar mould to Ivan Campo or Carlos Valderrama, Canyas had a curly afro which flopped down beneath his neckline, a curly mane of a thing. Um, And there he helped Betis to return to La Liga and became a regular in the midfield, plying his trade against the stars of Barcelona and Real Madrid. At Swansea in 2013, the afro was large but refined a bit. He was on TV more now. Um, But in more recent years, he stripped that right back, um, a short back and sides paired with sophisticated stubble. But unlike Seaman, you could argue Canyas aged like a fine wine. In his 30s, he spent three successful years in Greece with PAOK, winning three successive Greek Cups and one league title. And it wasn't without controversy, Arthur. You may remember a story in the in the media at the time about Ivan Savidis, who was um, chief at the Greek club PAOK, uh, who ran on the pitch holding a gun. Wow. Yeah, it was, about this. it was shocking. Um, the match was abandoned. Um, he was fined a hundred thousand euros. Uh, the club were docked three points and fined sixty three thousand euros, uh, and the whole league was suspended for three weeks. Um, they also played some matches behind closed doors, I believe. Um, so yeah, that that was controversial, but but Canias was was at the forefront. Uh, he followed that up by helping Red Star Belgrade win the league and qualify for the Champions League. And now, age 35, he's still going strong. He's playing in Greece with Ionikos Nikaias. So in his case, I guess, once more, we're proving less hair is better, Arthur. We kind of are. But equally, his season in the Premier League, I mean, it's the Premier League. It's the creme de la creme. And he did play there. He with did. Shaggy Mane, you know? He did. Uh, I mean, yes, he's gone on to succeed. And I think you could say there is some correlation between the removal of that Mane and subsequent title wins and cup wins, but at a lesser level. So it's, yeah. it's you know, I think, I think if you were to do a dissertation on this topic, I think you would probably submit this as a sort of some kind of appendix to your, to your ultimate research here. But I, I I can't rely. I can't rely on the Greek and um, and Serbian leagues as a, as a signpost of form. That's fair enough, Arthur. So Kanyas is our appendix and also our centre midfielder. He will be paired with another hairy midfielder, though. He will. It's Raúl Morelos. Yes, Raúl Morelos. I loved him. Uh, I wanted I wanted to get someone into the team with a truly bizarre look. Someone who didn't just rock weird hair. But more importantly, a voluminous beard as well. Um, this, in my opinion, is one of the great football beards. Please, you know, give a give. I think you've got to give a warm welcome to him. Maybe give him a clap then. Give him a clap. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. Uh, he's the rocker of a mohawk, uh, a pirate-like beard. 
Uh, he was a versatile, tactically astute and mobile player. His main traits were his passing and tackling, uh, although he was also known for his work rate and a, and a pretty powerful long-range uh, shot as well. I remember him being steady, not spectacular, really, in consecutive seasons at Liverpool and Chelsea. History remembers it really differently, though. He was a huge success. Uh, firstly, at Liverpool, he helped the Reds overturn a terrible start under Roy Hodgson to finish sixth in the league. And he received the PFA Fans Player of the Year, beating 20-goal Berbatov and Tevez, uh, as well as numerous other talents in the league that season. It's crazy. Um, he requested a move and Chelsea came calling. Uh, there again, he would perform well in a season that saw Chelsea win the FA Cup and Champions League double. Uh, in the latter, he scored a belter in the final few minutes of their 2-1 quarterfinal win over Benfica. Um, so a double in his second season and PFA fans player of the year in the first. I mean, it couldn't really have been much more successful. Yet I kind of see him weirdly um, almost associated with that that terrible spell under Roy Hodgson at Liverpool. I actually quite like Morellas at Chelsea. I, I used to think he added a bit of bite to the centre of the midfield. And I think whilst never being a player of the quality of someone like a Balak or a Lampard, he, he definitely played his part in Chelsea being a force that year. Um, and I, I also think it's a really interesting pick. Throughout his career, Morelles has gone from being completely bald with absolutely no beard whatsoever to basically shaggy out of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I quite like that, actually. I, I'd say he really came into his pomp uh, with that look, uh, with a move to Turkey with Fernabache. He would play alongside compatriots Bruno Alves and Nani there. Uh, and whilst he was there, a Fenerbahce fan idolised him so much that he copied his look. And there's <laughs> an excellent photo of the two of them together. Um, the, the fan kind of looking through the railings at a Fenerbahce game uh, and Raul Morelos sort of posing with him, looking looking overjoyed. And they are pretty similar looking. I mean, fair play to the guy. He's actually got a bit more volume to his Mohican than... Um, than than Raul Morales does. He he kind of had always had that kind of like slightly thinning hair, but in yeah. a Mohican. Uh, but the beard is just really rich and full. He's done very well there. And he really settled into life in the Turkish Super League, so much so that he became adept at singing in the language. Now I'm really sorry, but this song has not left my head since the moment I heard it. So apologies in advance, but let's take a listen. That is just extraordinary. And uh, yeah, <laughs> try getting that out of your head because it's going to be in there for a while. My apologies, listeners or listener, probably. Um, <laughs> um, he's also a massive tattoo fan. He's inked pretty much all over his body. During an interview with Liverpool's official website, he jokingly said that he wanted to win the Ink Championship uh, against teammates Daniel Agger and Martin Skirtle, who were both known for being 
um, covered in the stuff as well. So um, he's a real sort of enigmatic character, someone who I think needs to be remembered in more favourable terms, really, as a Premier League player, because he he absolutely shone on the Premier League stage in, in all in all frankness. Um, so well played, Raul Morelos. He is in and completing the midfield on the right side. I wanted someone with dreadlocks, Arthur, and it became a toss up in my mind between Marvin Emnes and Riga Mustafa. Riga Mustafa, I do not know the name. Okay, well, I do. I'm going to give you an opportunity, Arthur, to learn more about Riga Mustafa because I went for Mustafa to avoid the double swans in the midfield. uh, And I was shocked about what I found. He had the most wonderful dreadlocks um, down to his waist, swaying around as he sprinted down the wing. An undoubtedly hairy man who adopted one of the more iconic looks in Premier League history. Ask Levante fans who Riga was and they'll tell you he was a lightning quick, powerful forward, adept on the wings and with a lethal finish. He followed up a prolific spell at Sparta Rotterdam with 30 goals for Levante in just over 100 games including netting against Barcelona, Valencia and Sevilla. But ask Bolton fans and you may get a different answer. He joined Gary Megson's Bolton in 2008, seen as the replacement to El Hadji Juf. And in two and a half chronically ineffective seasons, he played just 22 times and never scored a single goal. Mustafa arrived saying he wanted to be Bolton's next JJ Akotcha, but the fact that his next move would be to FC Cartagena in the Secunda division suggests that it didn't quite work out. But the hairy winger's life got a hell of a lot more dramatic when he transitioned from Premier League flop to manager and club CEO. Mustafa took on the role of CEO and bankroller of Ghanaian club BA United. During that time, He sacked his head coach and made himself head coach. He invited a journalist to the team's party with the sole purpose of beating him up so he didn't say negative things about the club again, stormed a radio station to contest a controversial story, and again threaten a beating. He called out corruption in the league and claimed his players were cheating by not scoring enough goals despite never being paid by him. So a rather interesting, slightly unsavoury character at points. Out of interest, this club, BA United of Ghana, I think have the best nickname in football, Arthur. Um, So this is the club that Mustafa Riga or Riga Mustafa is now CEO of. They are called the Apostles of Power Soccer. (laughs) That is, in- that is incredible. Love it. Wow. Are they good? They're not bad in Ghanaian uh, league terms. They're not right at the top of the Ghanaian league, um, but they're okay. Fair enough. I think um, the Bolton team he played a-, a role in was kind of Bolton on the way down, really. Hearing Gary Megson's Bolton, really. Mm. Gary Megson. He wasn't, wasn't super, was he? No, he <laughs> I certainly mean- wasn't. Yeah, I think they would go on to be relegated maybe a couple of seasons after that, was it? They weren't relegated while Riga Mustafa was there, but they did obviously go down a little while after. Eventually. I think I think surviving post Sam Allardyce was just never gonna never gonna happen, was it? 
the first of our two strikers is perhaps too good for an 11, but I just, I just struggled to overlook him, really. Herculean looks. It's Gabriel Batistuta. Oh, I mean, it's a good pick. I think, I think if you asked him, he'd be gutted that after all of the superlative 11s that we've come up with, he's managed to get in solely on the basis of his hair. <laughs> Very true. Um, he was strong, direct, ruthless in front of goal. Um, Gabriel Batistuta, nicknamed Batigol, uh, was arguably the deadliest goal scorer in Argentinian football history. Um, Lionel Messi obviously did pass the Fiorentina legends all-time Argentina goal-scoring record in 2016. But his his incredible strike rate, it's 54 in 77 appearances, mm. is far superior to Lionel Messi's and may never be surpassed. Um, he's synonymous with the viola of Fiorentina, especially the purple kit with Nintendo sponsor. Um, it's a kit that I've actually got, and it's just so synonymous with the man, Batigol. He became a club idol, spending nine years of his glittering career there, uh, including helping them bounce back from relegation uh, to make an instant return to Syria in 1993-94. In total, he smashed 207 goals in 332 games for them, an absolutely astonishing return in a league known for its mean defences. And he led them to Coppa Italia success in 1995-96. Sadly, it would take leaving uh, for Roma to actually win a Scudetto. Um, There was an emotional moment where he scored against his former club. He had been over to the Fiorentina fans before the game uh, and returned to them after the game, having helped Roma defeat them. Uh, and he was in tears, a, a very emotional moment for the man. He had a, such an affinity with Fiorentina, which is a great thing to see, given Fiorentina weren't the all-conquering power of Italian football. Um, you'd expect a player with his CV, certainly internationally, to play for you know a, a title-winning side. And it took quite some time before he actually did achieve that. There's a great uh, quote here from Bobby Dosh, Uh, who wrote in Time magazine in 2002, with his shoulder-length blonde hair and soulful eyes, he looks a likely lead in Jesus Christ superstar, but he has the instincts of a cold-blooded killer. And I think that's it, really. You mentioned earlier that iconic um, Argentinian side uh, who had a real taste for long hair. Almeida, Soren, Placente... Uh, Crespo, Pochettino, Ortega, even a young Messi, uh, to name a few. Uh, Batigol rocked the hairband look, uh, so synonymous with some of the greatest players of all time. I just think wearing a hairband was just quite cool, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I Growing up, I played football in the garden, gro- um, wearing an elastic band on my head at times. Oh, look at I you. Wanted to look, I wanted to look quite cool. Yeah. Uh, and believe you me, I did uh, as a sort of eight-year-old in my garden. I, I, I always thought it was a shame we never saw Batistuta in the Premier League. I know there was a rumour with with um, Manchester United at one point in his career. And, and I was fascinated to learn there was also a rumour that Batistuta was potentially joining Ipswich Town the year he oh. got rele- they got relegated. Sorry, I was nodding knowingly as you brought that up. Thinking you were about to mention, he was he was quite close, I think, to signing for Fulham at one really? stage. Really? Well. So um, there we go. What could have been? That yeah. Would have been 
amazing to see him rocking it up at the Craven, at Craven Cottage. After retirement, he drifted seamlessly into the world of polo, which is a hugely popular sport in Argentina. It is. Um, in 2009, he lifted the Copper Stella Artois with the Tom Taylor team. So well done you, Gabby. Um, that's a great win. Um, yeah, polo is not a sport really I know an awful lot about other than it's quite a good um, pub quiz question, which is the um, sport played on the largest pitch. Ooh. And the answer to that is polo. Nice. So um, there we go. Maybe Add there's a um, quizzing database. Maybe there's an equivalent sort of polo podcast where they, they alternate between nostalgic polo players and nostalgic horses. And maybe they could they could also bring up Battersea this week. Yeah, I mean, God knows there's there's some serious demand for that. So, um, yeah, mind you, we can't really talk. So <laughs> <laughs> fans blocking to hear us. <laughs> Who's up front alongside him? Alongside him is Mikhail Madar. I don't really know how you pronounce this one. Is it Madar? Madar. I don't. Madar. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I don't really know much about him at all other than, yes, I saw that name a lot when I was looking up hairiest footballers of all time yeah i mean a fine french 90s icon a straggly mullet fitting for a player with his confidence gives me a general feeling that he would have had a hairy chest too which i think kind of contributes to his nomination for the extremely hairy 11 Uh, we're talking about a six foot three herculean presence up top blessed with physicality but with a hindering attitude and an excess of self-worth Perhaps one of Howard Kendall's strangest signings for Everton. Um, he just returned to Deportivo's first team after recovering from a broken leg. And his inclusion in the France squad for the 1996 European Championship, but was lured away from Spain to Everton. Madar played up front alongside Duncan Ferguson and he scored a handful of goals, including one against West Ham, prompting him to peel away, jump in the air and stick two middle fingers up at the away fans. He was a fiery character. Journalist David Prentice talks of turning up at the training ground once to find the Gallic figure kicking a toilet bag around the car park in fury. He also confesses to smoking on the team bus alongside the manager on away trips, an alternative, he says, to a post-match beer. When Walter Smith took over at Everton, he was having none of Madar's attitude and the Premier League dream was over. But perhaps surprisingly, Madar's next move at the age of 30 was to PSG. Even hairier now, rocking a ponytail, Mickey Madar would play Champions League football. He'd play alongside Laurent Robert, Ali Benabia, JJ Akocha and Aliou Cisse, and he'd help a young Nicolas Anelka to learn his trade. Madar is a cult hero at Everton, probably for the wrong reasons. It, it should have been so much better, but for a horrendous miss in the Merseyside derby, of which he said, for me, it was a very, very bad moment. It was easy because nobody was in the goal, but I shot wide. I thought the goalkeeper was in his goal, but he wasn't. The fans liked me, I think, but if I scored and we won the derby, they would have liked me more, I am sure. And he was so ranked by Planet Football as the weirdest French signing of all time. I've I've no idea how you quantify that, but he was certainly an extremely hairy marksman. Weirdest French signing of all time, as in his character or just the circumstances behind it? Because we had Jeremy Pie, who was 
pretty awful. So uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to submit him for this poll. I found an article here. I'm, I'm assuming it's not the same uh, Miguel Madar. Um, but apparently one man by that name was arrested amongst 17 others uh, in connection with a robbery of Kim Kardashian in 2017. Mm-hmm. Any okay. ideas about that? Uh, no. <laughs> what an interesting Seems story. quite quite weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was him and Gary Madar. Okay. A bit younger than him, so clearly, um, yeah, a brother. I, I, I'm assuming it's not the same one, but you did say it was a weird signing, and it's the sort of thing a weird signing would do, Rob Kim Kardashian. Yeah, that's really strange. Okay. So Ben first drew my attention to the um, the shocking news that Elon has decided to uh, add another layer of intrigue to his his ownership of Twitter. Many of you uh, are getting involved with our Up For Grabs nominations each week, and we really appreciate your votes on Twitter. But given the lack of popularity of our podcast, we don't have that many blue tickers interacting with our polls. And apparently, from henceforth, uh, you'll only be able to vote in a poll if you have a blue tick. So that sort of slightly scuppers our up for grabs system. <laughs> so we've we've had to go back to the drawing board. And basically going forward, we'll probably just have one nomination and that will be the pick for our last team member. Fortunately, Ben, you've got us a nomination this week. Thank you. So making up the 11 this week will be the nomination of a centre-back from Ezekiel Downs. At Knockham Downs on Twitter, at Zeki, he is a camera enthusiast, photographer, football obsessive and a collector of cult kits. Um, he's also a pundit for Norwich City on at Football League World. Um, lots of great work. Do give him a follow. And um, also, actually, in his profile picture, Arthur seems to have a fair bit of hair. So well qualified to nominate someone today. Let's see who he goes for. <laughs> Carl's Puyol. Not the biggest of defenders, but what a head of hair he had. As an opposing striker, they always knew they were in trouble when they saw him line up against them. His hair, although it was graceful, made him look even more ugly than he already was. It also added a few inches to his height as well, which is always a bonus. Most people tend to change their haircut, but Puyol, he never did. It was his USP. As one of very few one-club players, Puyol has to make this list after making nearly 400 appearances for Barcelona and in one of the best Barcelona teams that we have ever seen. So his ability should not be questioned. But unfortunately, he remains very underrated to this day. And judging by his head of hair, I reckon he has a carpet on his chest. Yes. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I didn't even think of Puyol for some reason. Yeah, he's always struck me as quite sort of dog-like. He just looks like a sort of, the hair could yeah. be very easily on a kind of like, I don't know really, what type of dog has hair like that? Like the Dulux dog, but I don't know yeah. what dog that is. Anyway, he's an excellent dog. pick, an iconic centre-back um, who who's just a real legend of the game and, and a worthy addition to... Um, add a bit of quality in the centre of defence. 
thank you ezekiel uh really appreciated do follow him on social uh we'll give him a plug on twitter uh so puyol's in the team but we might as well say who we would have nominated arthur yeah i mean we'd done a little bit of research prior to uh elon's announcement um i think i think going forward we'll we'll happily say who we would have picked uh, mm-hmm. and you can um you can mull over over there uh their appropriateness for this team. Um, I would have gone for Martin Caceres. Okay, yeah. Um, a versatile defender who's played for many, many clubs. Uh, 116 caps for Uruguay internationally. Um, he played for Juventus uh, for some time, actually, and Barcelona, incredibly. But he never got any consistent game time, really, anywhere he went. Oh, and of course, the hair. A sort of stylish, slick, ponytailed uh, defender, um, at all times, whilst playing only at full time, really, uh, was he able to release the bun? And you can see <laughs> the full extent of its length. Um, he had a bit of, bit of a traumatic experience at one stage when he had a car crash. Uh, he, had, he said, I had a, a problem with the poor nurse at the hospital. She was cleaning my head injuries and wanted to cut my hair. I made it clear that I didn't want that to happen. For someone who has long hair all their life, they can't have it cut. And I would have thrown into the mix uh, a Greek god, a six foot four man mountain with hair like the great Kali, Satyrios Kyriakos. He made 61 caps for Greece, but he was so unlucky, he missed the squad for Euro 2004 uh, with a knee injury. Of course, Greece were triumphant then. Known best probably for his time at Liverpool. Um, he was well liked by the fans. Um, he was thought to be the next Sammy Hoopier. He probably wasn't quite. Uh, and he'd end up winding up his career uh, via another English club. Any guesses, Arthur? Um, he feels quite kind of Fulham. Sunderland. He actually had a brief spell at wow. Sunderland. Um, okay. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, but Puyol is in the eleven. He will partner Ivanov at the heart of our defence. Who's perched on the pines this week? It's, uh, you know, obviously a, an eleven that a lot of players would have wanted to be part of. I mentioned earlier a few iconic names who who probably would have been in this eleven were it not for their inclusion in previous 11s. Another one that fits that mould is Carlos Valderrama uh, with a, a superb lid. I was actually having lunch yesterday with my family and um, I mentioned this episode and my dad thought that um, David Ginola should get a shout yeah, out. Yeah. Um, just a really luscious main. Um, my sister, wanting to sort of get involved in the in the conversation, um, mentioned Gregor's Raziak. OK. Um, but I think that's largely just because he's one of the, the players that she knows. Um, he did have long hair, though, to be fair. Oh, there we go. OK, yeah. well, well, we'll happily install him on the bench then. Yeah, and you should see how hairy Raziak's chest is, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> um, also on the bench, I wanted to give a shout out to Richard Sneaks, who uh, was probably yeah, a bit, probably a bit too obscure to be in the eleven. Um, long blonde, iconic locks, a West Brom cult hero from the Netherlands. 
So uh, wow. there we go. But I've enjoyed talking about hairy footballers. Yeah. Didn't know it was such rich content. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, and to walk you through this superb team, it's David Seaman in goal, a centre-back pairing of Trifon Ivanov and Carlos Puyol. Uh, left back, it's Benoit Asuakoto. On the right, it's Alexander Osland. Uh, on the left of midfield, we have Jonas Gutierrez. Uh, in the centre of the park, Raul Morales and Jose Canas. On the right, it's Riga Mustafa. Uh, and up front, it's Mikael Madar and Gabriel Batistuta. What a team. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.